that's right. This is the Flophouse Mini, a mini episode of the Flophouse Podcast, a podcast where we normally watch a bad movie, then talk about it. But instead today, we're going to be doing something a little bit different because it's a mini. We are doing part two of our official 2023 horror movie villain power rankings. That's right. We're ranking our horror movie villains, all 14 of them on uh, three different categories, <laughs> scariness, Star Power and Lucky Dip. We, If you haven't listened to part one, I'd just go back uh, one or two entries in our little catalog and I'd listen to that bad boy first. To introduce ourselves- I think we got through how many? I think we got through three villains in the first part. <laughs> mm-hmm. We did half we of it. Have a, we got only have 11 left. Good thing yeah. Elliot's in charge of the math part of this show. <laughs> uh, I am your host, Stuart Wellington, and joining me are- Dan McCoy. And Elliot Kalen. Yep, and together we make the Flophouse, a podcast about movies. So, last time we review, we ranked <laughs> and three fifths of Captain Planet. Sorry. <laughs> yep, we're, we're yeah. worth if, it. One hundred percent worth <laughs> it. When we, when we combine, he's missing one arm and most of his torso. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know what? That's better than nothing. Better, better than, than no nothing. Captain Planet. Yeah. yeah. Yep. He looks kind of like Oro from Street Fighter <laughs> Three, but we'll talk about that later. Okay. Yeah. Is that so one last of the time, horror monsters that <laughs> ranking. Yes, Oro from Street Fighter Three. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Street Fighter Three does have some good monsters, but I think the game you're thinking of is Darkstalkers, the Capcom fighting game that features all classic movie monsters. What was I thinking? <laughs> you were yes, thinking you that. Were. Yeah. Deal oh, okay. with it. I believe uh, you have a you a couple of years ago you did a Morrigan cosplay. Somebody just Google that. I'm sure you can find Elliot dressed as Morrigan from Darkstalkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Captain um, okay. Morrigan from the uh, from the the liquor. Uh, brand, oh man, right? that's that's the mashup that everybody's dying for. Okay, <laughs> two two very popular brands. Um, okay, so last time we talked about uh, just to recap, we we talked about Chucky. Mm-hmm. from the Child's Play franchise. We talked mm-hmm. about Michael Myers from the Halloween franchise. We talked about Jigsaw from the Jigsaw franchise. We talked about Predator from, from the, the Predator franchise. franchise. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about the Babadook from the Babadook single movie. We talked about uh, <laughs> Pinhead from the Hellraiser franchise. And finally, we talked about the old Fred Ed himself, Freddy Krueger, from the <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Yeah, and just to so give you the if- rankings... If you are listening to this one, but not that one, like some sort of maniac who sees part two and something is like, no, thank you to part one. Yeah, they're like, how can I skip to the end? Yeah, Yeah. Maybe I'll start this book in the middle. Who are these characters? I hate it. They're not set up right. So uh, and if, I like I like you calling them franchises, Stuart, because it sounds a little bit like anybody can apply to the Home Office to open their own <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, sorry, Night, Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare Before Christmas is not a franchise, although there are books based on it. Does that mm-hmm. count? Really? Stuart, as part of who, a franchise? Yeah. Who wrote those Let, books? Let's sir, get Authors. to whatever these numbers are that he wanted to say. <laughs> anyway, anyway so, so apply to the home office of Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> see if you can open up a local one. And just just to throw out a guess, can you guys, mm-hmm. at, at this point in the rankings, can you guess who is on top? Uh, to the best of my memory, I, I feel like the Babadook had some really good rankings. So yeah, I'm going to go with that. Babadook's number one. And who is dead last? Uh, I think I think it's Freddy due to an unlucky lucky dip. This is my guess. He, he did have uh, a bad lucky dip. <laughs> I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say um Predator. You are right, Elliot. It is Predator who oh, also wow. had a unfortunate lucky dip. Who who in their right <laughs> mind would want to take that fellow to a nice restaurant? Not me. <laughs> I don't want to watch him eat all those little claws on on his face. Come on. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. I have. Uh, it's like a crab. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull back the curtain again. I think I may have talked about this last time. I have a pet crayfish in the house. When I watch it eat, and it is horrifying. There's so <laughs> many different appendages involved in that in that exercise in that operation, and it is frightening. It's really scary. Do you think humans would be uh, more efficient eaters if they had extra little appendages in their mouths? <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, it, well, yeah. it depends on how you're eating. I mean, not with a fork, because there you're already talking about a bite-sized thing. Yeah, I think, I think it's, just... if you, you would have to lower your head down to the plate and have all these little hands and claws pulling at pieces. Yeah. I imagine it'd be like a typewriter when you push too many keys, they all get tangled up. Someone has to mm. pull them apart. That doesn't sound good to me. Give I me you, good old-fashioned teeth. If you brought a handful of food up to some mandibles, you could eat it pretty quickly. I think that's true. What if humans had mouths kind of like the uh, the vampires, the vamps from Blade 2 with the crazy vagina mouths? What do you think? Do you think would they, they like, would unfold that'd be and cool? open up? What do you think in yeah. what sense? <laughs> like, well, the hard part is- What do you guys hard- think? Well, should that happen? <laughs> the hard part should is- Should we do it? Uh, should we do that? <laughs> I mean, everything right now is kind of built for the other way, so yeah, I would say- We'd really be asking yeah. the, all of human civilization to reorient itself around our three that's, vagina mouths. The, that's- that's true. <laughs> I don't think it'd be worth the changeover. You don't think uh, you don't think it'll catch on? Okay, that's fine. It reminds okay. me of when uh, there was a there was a there was a new iPhone years ago, and they were like, people keep accidentally hitting the picture button. And Steve Jobs was like, well, people are going to have to start learning how to hold phones differently. And it was like, dude, the human hand has been around for a long time. Why don't you make the machine to accommodate that instead of forcing me to change the way I hold my fingers? But he could do that. And you know what his secret was? A what? turtleneck. He was an asshole. So he did not care. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Man, I gotta try that out. Okay. So are you guys ready for the part two of our horror movie villain rankings? Uh, yeah. Oh boy, am I. Oh, yeah, and we are we are starting off with a scary one. That's right. Ghostface from the Scream oh, franchise. Yeah, yeah. Ghostface. He's a killer. A different one each time. Spoiler alert. Uh, are you guys, uh, Have you guys seen them Them Screamos? Have you seen the Scream movies? Uh, I've seen all of the Screamos except for the most recent one, which I have a- New, just like New a York general, Screamo? Yeah, New York Screamo, I was, I've just been sort of avoiding out of like a general like feeling of solidarity with Elliot. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. I appreciate that very much. I have personal reasons that I- have been advised not to go into on this podcast <laughs> for why I will, because of the last Scream movie, be giving Scream Face, Slasher, Screamer, Ghostface, I will be giving him zeros across the board. Yeah, uh, you're, uh, for, for you're, reasons you're, I am, you're, I, I've been advised your lawyer not to go into. one uh, R. Giuliani told you not to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly, yeah. My lawyers, Giuliani and Powell, told me not to go into it. But I've seen all the other Screams and have basically enjoyed all of them. Yeah, I, I would say, I, I would argue that I think this most recent Screamo, which I have seen, not out of sol- solidarity with Elliot. No, I appreciate uh, it, is, yeah. It is, was a deliberate uh, dig at me, yeah. Well, it's a bit of a disappointment. It's a bit of a bummer. It's not as good as some of the others, I would argue. It's almost um, as if it's almost as if uh, the idea from a different story was grafted onto the Scream films in a way that mm, was not, was not actually done the way, natural not as good, yeah. or, or ethical. Uh, but, I mean, the, the Scream movies in general, they've got a pretty high standard, though. Aside from generally, this last yeah, film, which I've not seen, yeah, yeah, I would argue it's might be the most like second most consistent franchise out there. The top one being, of course, Final Destination. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Final Destination. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Final Destination number true. one. I think that's true. I think in terms of consistency, yes, I think you're right. Yeah, like when you go into a Final Destination or a Scream movie, you know what you're going to get, and you get it. 
Yeah. You get exactly it. So unless they're uh, somehow let's... drawing inspiration from from outside the screen okay. universe in a way that <laughs> I thought that you were well, advised not to. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, I won't yeah. get into it anymore. That's true. That's true. That's true. So uh speaking of that, let's talk about Ghostface. Ghostface, let's rank that guy on scariness. I say guy because almost always Ghostface is a guy, although I think sometimes it's a gal, right? I can't remember. Yeah. I mean, honestly. <sighs> Ghostface, no matter who is Ghostface, because Ghostface is just a, a mask that people put on uh, from varying from movie to movie. Well, like Dan, Ghostface, and, a I, and a sound, and a yeah. voice and sound. A sound. But I'll, I'll quote uh, Professor William Joel when I say, Dan, we all wear a mask. Some no, are lace true. and some are leather. Mm. So yeah. in a way, we're hey, all Ghostface. I'm, yeah. saying that, I'm saying that they're all valid Ghostfaces, but the one consistent thing is the, the mask. Um, has a good record of like killing... Uh, a lot of people, so that's pretty scary. But also mm -hmm. seems to just be like easy to knock down or do like sort of slapstick <laughs> things. Part too. of the appeal, yeah. So yeah. I'm gonna give Ghostface a five. I think that's fair. Yeah, he also he uses primarily uses knives and bladed weapons, which are kind of scary because they cause a lot of bleeding. Uh, and he always seems to be like right behind you, and you're like, what? How do he do that? Mm -hmm. um, but uh, also, like, half of them have just been, like, movie nerds, and I deal with those guys every day. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, so I'm I think gonna, I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to say five. I'm going to say a three in terms of scaring, or maybe even a two in terms of scariness. There's, when wow. you get down to it, Ghostface is just a regular person with a knife and a mask on, which is scary, but it's not— Yes. I feel like that's more scary in real life than it is in a movie. Um, like, Michael Myers is a guy with a mask and a knife, but he's also, like— some kind of unkillable madman. Yeah, you know? mm -hmm. uh, I would, he's a biggin, <laughs> and he's also big. He's also tall. Whereas the weird, you never know which ghost face you're going to get: a big one, a little one, <laughs> one who climbs on rocks, even ones with yeah. chicken pox. I think there's mm -hmm. a <laughs> love ghost face, armor <laughs> ghost face. A weird like uh, objection to the rule that you're making, like just just a small corollary. Whereas like Michael Myers to me was the most scary at the beginning where there was some ambiguity about like, is this just a human or is there something more going on? Yes. And, as, and as that ambiguity was lost and became supernatural, I found him less scary. Uh, you could see that. I could see that because it's less real. It's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, the, uh, but yeah, I, I think, I think what it is with Ghostface is it's less scary because as you guys have already said, it depends on which Ghostface you're going to get. I feel like Ghostface to me is not a character in the same way these other ones are. It is a, it's just a mask that someone puts on when they want to stab somebody. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like there's, mm -hmm. as opposed to, I know in the Saw movies, you have like Jigsaw's followers, but it feels like Jigsaw is still a presence, you know? Whereas for me, yeah. Ghostface is not, there's only one Ghostface and he's a real killer. That's right, Ghostface killer. The one consistent oh, ghost face. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow, mm -hmm. classic classic hip hop reference from Elliot Kalen. <laughs> you just know, you just know that's the world I swim in. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm gonna give. You know, I'll go as high as a three. I'll say a three. It is scary to have someone in a mask with a knife running after you. Okay. And Do you want to change you your rating anymore so that I can have to scratch <laughs> it out? <laughs> okay. So that's we've talked about scariness. Let's talk about style. I think uh, I think Ghostface has a little bit of style. You know, he you know he talks. Uh, he has a lot of like games. He uh, has his little sound effects. He likes to <laughs> like set up elaborate traps where he's like chasing people. Not, not, I mean, in a way, I feel like Jigsaw's gotten beat on both games and traps, but I feel like, uh, I feel like the, uh, Ghostface kind of like builds the scariness 
where he's like, at first you're like, who's this annoying guy calling me on the phone? Then by the end, you're like, oh, he's going to kill me. <laughs> yeah. Text me, bro. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, you know what? I, you just met, you said it makes me think Ghostface threat level is a lot lower here in a world where people don't pick up numbers they don't recognize. Yeah. So, like, he's just sitting there calling over and over again being like, pick up so I can ask you if you like scary movies and then kill I, you. I ah. think that, I think at least one of the later screams may have made hay out of that. Did they? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I forgot about the taunting. That's pretty good, I guess. I just, I still can't get over the fact that Ghostface is basically just a mask and a mask that is stolen from the scream in a way that, you know, at this point, as many people, I think, associate that look with scream as they do the Edward Munch painting. I mean, that's that's an that's an argument in favor of its iconic quality. You know. Well, that could mm-hmm. take over, yeah. Yeah, but it's it's if it feels like stolen valor to me. I don't know. I'm gonna give him a three. <laughs> three for style. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm go, gonna with- go a little higher. I, I I think he's got he's got some charm. I'm giving him a six. I'm gonna give him a four, a little bit higher than Dan because I do think it's a it is a good style. It's a it's a good scary movie look, and I the thing this is where I think it works that it looks like an off the rack Halloween costume because when you dress up like him for Halloween. You could be the real him, and you don't know, uh, which yeah. you know, which adds to it. Which and but I, uh, there is part of me that's like, oh, I like that painting, and uh, it's too bad that now that painting is the scream movie painting, as opposed to another one of Edvard Munch's expressionist masterpieces, where he's letting out into the open the turmoil inside his very soul. Do you think he has other paintings that he's like, why didn't you turn this into a movie? Uh, probably, and that's what he sounds like, too. Yeah. Hey, why didn't you turn this into a movie? Yeah, because he's he's an Israeli used car dealer. Yeah, that's so. That sounds a lot like Watto. Okay. I mean, what uh, is Watto, but an Israeli used car dealer? Okay, so uh, I think it's time for everybody's favorite part. That's right, Lucky Dip. Dan, why don't you give me a number between one and seven? Because I've already eliminated the ones we've already picked. Uh, a seven. Okay. How, this is actually pretty good for Ghostface. On a scale of one to 10, how effective do you think Ghostface would be at explaining the rules of a complicated board game to Dan McCoy? Uh, I mean, obviously this Ghostface in general is like sort of like coded as a nerd, at least from the start uh, in that yes. Ghostface is interested in following all of these horror rules. So obviously he's the, he's the horror villain that loves categories the most. Yes. Mm-hmm. So obviously very good, you know, from that perspective. But there's a slight chance that he'd get impatient and kill me. <laughs> he gets frustrated. So I'm not gonna give him the full ten, but I'll give him a nine. <laughs> Dan, this okay. was exactly my thinking. He has a little <laughs> bit of patience, but I don't think he has enough patience. So I'm also going to say a nine. Yeah. Having explained complicated board game rules to Dan McCoy, I know Ghostface is going to get frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you I'm, just have I'm, to ex- accept that I'm going to check out halfway through, but yep. then once we play the game, I'm going to understand how it works like mm-hmm. by playing. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, and that's I don't think Ghost, Ghostface needs to be in control, so I'm giving yeah. him only an eight. But I, yeah, that's still respectable. Well done, Ghostface. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, not I a bad his, total. His patience level compared to other horror villains, I think, is high. 
because he's willing to engage in conversation before killing. Yeah, yeah. And there's there's a lot of there's a lot of setup. Whereas, that's what really uh, gets him off, you know. A lot of the other villains, they're just like, "You're here. You're dead. Goodbye." Hmm. Uh, okay. So, Ghostface, not a bad, uh, not a bad showing. Uh, to continue our face category, our next villain. That's right. It's Leatherface from the oh. Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. Oh, oh he's he's got boys got the moves. Uh, <laughs> you guys have seen at least some of the Texas Chainsaw Massacres, right? I've yes. seen the I've seen the the first two. I did not see any of the remakes or or anything like that. The later sequels. Did you see I, part three with Vigo Mortensen? Oh, you know what? I did. Okay, so I have seen part three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, one. I think the only one I haven't seen is the one with uh, what's what's his face and what's her face. <laughs> McConaughey, we, William uh, Devane, and Judith Light. You're thinking of the, the sitcom <laughs> yeah. Phenom, that a tennis yeah. playing well, team. Was Zellweger the other one? It was, uh, it was one? Zellweger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. It. Uh, that oh, one wait is. A minute. I, I haven't seen that one in a long time, but I remember seeing that a long time ago. I do feel like for a long time that was my least favorite movie. Available to watch. <laughs> Available to watch. It was like, it felt like, you know, almost every Tex Chainsaw Massacre features a, well, most of the good ones, feature a lengthy dinner scene that just involves a lot of yelling. And I feel like that was just oh, like most that episode of, of the that bear? movie. It was a lot like, the episode of the bear was a lot like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> although it was yeah. more of a Chicago Chainsaw Massacre without a chainsaw. Um... Yeah, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about scariness on the old L face, Leatherface. I mean, I'm gonna, I'd love to go first. I'm gonna give Leatherface a ten on scariness. That is one scary guy. He lives in a gross house full of bones. <laughs> Sounds delicious when you think about it. There's just chicken bones all over the place. But I bet it smells really bad. Reports from the set where that smells really bad. There's just something about him that is, and him and uh, the world he exists in that is so. Off is so disgusting and frightening to me because it feels like yeah. it's both grotesquely exaggerated, but also could very well happen. You know, it could, there could, it could, there might be somebody somewhere who's just sitting in gross soiled clothes and wears skin over their face and is just hanging around in a in a humid, stuffy house full of bones and and meat and things like that. Really gross. So I'm going to yeah. give it a ten. More than almost any other horror villain, you know he smells bad. Yes, yes. <laughs> Just looking this, at that guy, you're like, no thanks. It comes through. There's something so. I mean, that's what. I mean, that first movie is so brilliant and it's so amazingly well made. For, it's because it's so like visceral and tactile, and it feels like it's assaulting all of your senses at the same time. Uh, uh-huh. And it's they it just did. I mean, it sounds like it was a nightmare to make. Everybody involved had a terrible time, but it really yeah. it, that terrible time really comes through, really comes through in the film. <laughs> Yeah, I I want to say that like as a at this point a pretty jaded fan of horror movies who like actively seeks out weird stuff and and what like there is very little in horror that like I still enjoy it but it doesn't usually actually scare me all that much anymore but with a few exceptions and I think that like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a movie that when I finally got around to see it was pretty late actually like broke was it like eleven o'clock. Defenses. <laughs> That's pretty. No, late. just it's really yeah. late. you might fall asleep while watching it if you watch it. That I'm way. just saying, no, it wasn't one that I saw as a teen. Like I saw it late enough that like some of these calluses had had worked up, ah. but it still like really unnerved me <laughs> in a way that you know is unusual. And so I'll give it a ten too. It, I feel like it has <clears> all this. The movie itself, and we're just talking about the movie. We're not talking about the character, but the movie yeah, itself but, has all the strengths of a well 
a well-made film and all the strengths of an exploitation grindhouse film, we were watching it, you're like, I know this is not real, but at certain moments it feels so real to me. And yeah. That's, yeah. And that's super frightening. And, and Leatherface, what I like about him is uh, as a character is that he is so clearly, when, he, when, the, when he's used right, he's so clearly like, doesn't really understand what he's doing wrong. You know, he's yes. as opposed to some of the other villains who are hate machines. Leatherface doesn't hate. He just is, he's, you know, he was, ra- he was raised bad. And there's something extra scary about that to me too, that he's an innocent who's also a yeah. monster, yeah. you know? Yeah, he's this like primitive, primal, like almost animal. And yeah. uh, the- So I, knows how to tie what, a tie, unless his dad tied that for him, which is possible. I'm <laughs> assuming somebody tied it for him or <laughs> showed him how to do it enough times that he picked it up. The yeah. uh, One of the things about the movie is that it is like, of all the like- slasher movies it's the one that best captures like a folk horror vibe yeah where you're like you are in a world you do not understand yeah (laughs) uh and the the rest and like as as the movie goes on more of it's revealed that you're like everyone's in on it this is i am like the world this is a complete malign paradigm shift i do not understand what is going on well it's interesting uh, like Audrey is by no means like a horror fan, but that is like the thing that she like has brought up more than once about Texas Chainsaw Massacre that like she really zeroed in on exactly what you're saying that she's like, you're in this world. You're like isolated in this world. Like you're out in the open. It's the country, but you're isolated in this world and you discover that like no one's there to help you. Yeah. It's all about the, the, the uh, there's a little bit less of that feeling in the second one, what with the the theme park and everything, but uh, uh the, the super silly fun one, yeah, yeah, yeah the super silly fun one, but that movie's going for something different, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, Elliot, what is your scariness? Wait, did you go first? Who went, yeah, I said who went 10, first? 10 scariness, Dan, Dan, what are you giving Leatherface on I the only scary 10 meter as well? 10. I'm gonna give him a nine because sometimes he's a little silly. <laughs> it's true; he is a little silly sometimes. <laughs> on the on the subject, and, he, of- and he's also there, here's the thing that shouldn't be scary about him is and is that moment in the first movie when he falls and cuts his own leg should not he that should make him less scary, but somehow it makes him more scary. I don't know why. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of him being a silly little guy, uh, <laughs> where do we give him? Where do we put him on the the style meter? What kind of style does our boy Leatherface have? <laughs> well, real normcore, real normcore. Yeah, if we were talking about the traditional version of style, you would rank <laughs> very low. But I think actually, we're talking about I, it's star power, not star style, power. Yeah, 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 star power. And so that's why he still gets uh, ranked pretty high. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna give him like the high heights because he hasn't entered the public consciousness to the way that like Freddie or Jason has. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I'll say eight. I'm gonna That's give him still a pretty good. I'm gonna give him a seven. Uh, he d- d- because there's something. I feel like he, the name is is well known, but I think Dan's right that the image is not as necessarily recognizable. And I think that's because his look is very busy. It's hard for me yep. to. It's hard to tie down like what it's like. Jason, hockey mask, Freddie, hat, sweater, glove with the claws on it. Michael Myers, mask. Like, they have their one thing. And Leatherface, it should be his leather mask, but it's so gross-looking and so complicated-looking that it's, hard, it's like, hard to draw, like, a cartoon version of Leatherface, whereas you could yeah. draw a cartoon mm-hmm. version of these other characters. Yeah, you, you couldn't do, like, a little, uh, you wouldn't want, want to do, like, a little amiibo, like a little, like, chibi version of Leatherface. No, it's hard, to, it's hard for me to imagine a Funko Pop of Leatherface. I'm sure uh-huh. there is one. I'm sure like, there is one. Freddy, Jason, all those guys, I can visualize the Funko Pop, but it's hard to visualize 
Leatherface. Uh, uh, what I do not want to see are all the rejected Funko Pops of Leatherface. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm going to give him a, uh, I'm going to give him an eight. I would give him a seven, but I'll give him an extra point because, uh, because of the way he kind of co-opted the franchise a little bit. I don't know if that's just the natural feeling of a horror movie franchise to latch onto a single individual, but I feel like, uh, he is, he is not like the main folk, like in the true. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, there's a lot of bad stuff going on. Yes, and I is. feel That's like true. he becomes more and more the focus as the series goes on. Um, okay, so I think it's time for a lucky dip. Elliot, why don't you pick a number between one and seven? I'm going to say four. Ooh, uh, this one might be okay for old Leatherface. On a scale of one to ten, how likely are you to invite him to babysit or cat sit for you? I say <laughs> cat sit for me and Dan, who have no children. Mm -hmm. Uh... I'm I'm gonna give a one because I'm pretty sure <laughs> Leatherface is that gonna <laughs> taxidermize, taxidermize my my cats immediately. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say a zero on this because that baby's gonna get eaten for sure. Yeah. But even if he doesn't eat the baby, do I think Leatherface can change a diaper? No. Do I think Leatherface can uh, can put together a meal? His dad can. It would be cannibal yeah. flesh, but still. Yeah. Uh, do I think Do I think Leatherface is going to be able to funk, is going to be able to turn on the TV so the kids can watch a cartoon? No, he is incapable of doing these things. <laughs> Try and smash get, it with a hammer. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a two because I think there's a chance that he will be charmed by my annoying cats and will want to take care of them. Oh, I bet he'll love the cats. I bet it'll really speak to his innocent side. But the minute the cat does something he doesn't want, he's gonna reach yeah, up and bring its snack or something. It's, it's trouble, like a mice trouble and man. city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, Leatherface <laughs> had a little city. trouble there, but that's okay. Run by Mayor Leatherface. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, number three. Uh, you know him, you love him. That's right, Candyman from the Candyman franchise. Tony Todd uh, himself. Yeah, I do know him and love him. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I'm referring to Tony Todd from the original uh, Candyman run, not the recent reboot. Um, so, Candyman guys, uh, have you seen any Candymans? Uh, I've seen the old Candyman. I did not see any of the old. The it's just the one sequel. Farewell then, to the Flesh? Yeah, yeah. that's the only one. And then, and then I saw the reboot. Uh, mm? Called a remake. Yeah. Let's call it a remake. Reboot. Come on, everybody. What? They're not computers. <laughs> they're movies. Come on. They're not um, trying to relaunch a franchise? Well, though, but it's, it's, movies I get think remade. It's, Computer, it's, uh, content gets it's, rebooted. It's a direct sequel to the then original Then I would just call it a sequel. But, not, but, a, but it's a legacy sequel. Like, it's obviously meant to set up... I think reboot. Well, we got we got a, a ghost face right here. What with purpose. his movie nerd rules? I think there's mm -hmm. a there's a specific purpose for the word that it actually applies in this case. But um, okay. But the TV show reboot uh, that was on Hulu was not a reboot of the TV show reboot from when I was a kid, where they all lived <laughs> in a computer. About, it, Unless, it was about Candyman. <laughs> it was about Judy Greer though, yeah. a robot lady. <laughs> Possibly like digital. I, I, I just rewatched the original Candyman last year. I think. And oh wow! Yeah, I was like, this movie holds up real good. This yeah, is a good horror movie. I mean, here's the thing: I'm going to split the difference here because on the scariness, which is the you know our first uh, thing, always like, mm -hmm. uh, I think Candyman, the movie is extremely scary as horror movies go, and I think that like he's scary. I think that I can't be all that scared 
because I don't think I would say Candyman five times into a mirror. Like just three that, times. Nobody would no, say it's five, five times. times. It's fucking five times, five times for Candyman. That's part of what's so weird about it. Oh, I'm like, okay. Because I would only do it three times and be three like, I guess times, it didn't work. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to look it up to be sure, but I'm pretty sure I'm right on Maybe this. Maybe I'm wrong. And, and I that's mean, the weird thing to me, too, about it. It's like, that's a lot of commitment. Five times. Even just he, to say it at all. You're really knowing asking that, for knowing that it's not Candy like he Man get, to show up. But it's also not like he arrives and gives you candy. The story is you say it, and then he shows up and kills you. So the idea that anyone would do it, it is it is a— Yeah, five it, times. Five times. I, I don't know why I remember it as three. It, it is a— Because yeah. that's what makes sense. That's what everything else is. Beetlejuice, bitch. Yeah, yeah maybe that's it. Uh, I think that, yeah, I'm going to give him— if he if he shows up, he's pretty scary. But you're right; it is a it's a high bar for a monster to clear if you have to you're, call him. You're yourself. opting in to Candyman. <laughs> yeah, you don't have. It's not usually with monsters. You have to uncheck the opt in box. It's pre-checked. Yeah. His does not come pre-checked. You got to <laughs> no. click that. Like I, su- I accept could, the terms and conditions of having Candyman visit well, me. Like, <laughs> I could understand how you would accidentally watch the videotape from the ring. Yes, that's of possible. Mm-hmm. But like, you find accidentally an saying tape, Candyman five you times, assume it's boring, like, you put it in. Yeah, <laughs> so accident. There's you would have to. What kind of? I, I wish that was the if way you did the movie. If you're a cabaret singer who has to sing the song Candyman over the course of but five even evenings. there you don't sing it five times in a row in the song. <laughs> yeah, I, I, but there's part of me that's like that wishes the movie was about. What kind of elaborate situations does he have to orchestrate in order to get someone to say the word five times in a row? <laughs> he dresses up as if he's a man carrying candy around, mm-hmm. and he pretends not to hear people, so they have to keep going, Candyman! Candyman! <laughs> What's funny then is he's already there in that, yeah, in that, he's in that scenario. That's, yeah. 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 He's I mean, because other, but not in. I'm saying not in his work mode. Because <laughs> once he shows up, he's yeah. scary. What, yeah, that's true. Once he shows up, he's. Oh, you're saying when you say it five times, it's like it flips the switch, and yeah. it's like, oh, okay, now I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he kills you with a hook. That's pretty gross. Yeah. The, the uh, he's got a hook. He's got bees. There's scary <laughs> stuff going on with him. People get scared of bees. Tony Todd is an imposing, very charismatic figure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm gonna, I'm kind of with you guys. I'm gonna say movie very scary, but he himself, I'm, I'm gonna give him a seven though. I think he's a scary dude. What do you think? Yeah. No, I, I'm sticking with my split the difference at five, but I, I see that as a, a villain, if I were in that situation, very scary. And I'm gonna say six, just in case I find myself in a room where somebody calls forth Candyman. Uh-huh. You have a lot of chances to say stop or shut up or cover their mouth because they got to say it true. like Dan says five times. happen to be around, I'm pretty sure Candyman's not going to really differentiate whether he's going to kill you or not. So there's, there's always the chance of sort of a drive-by Candyman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, why, that's why it's not protected speech to say Candyman five times in a crowded theater. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I think altogether we've said it way more than five times already. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, but we've said other oh, no. words in between is the thing. I mean, well, that's yeah. like, is it once if you say it five times over the course of several days, does that still count? That seems unfair. It seems yeah. very unfair, yeah. And it's not intentional anymore. Yeah. yeah, okay, so let's talk about star power. How much star power does our guy Candyman have? Mm. Oh, I'm gonna he's say, got a coat, he's got a coat, he's got bees, he's got a hook. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say an eight. He's got mm-hmm. he's got a coat, bees hook. He's got a great tragic romantic backstory. Um, I do love that. But he doesn't have the again. He doesn't have as much of it that iconic look. Again, I'm having trouble imagining the Funko Pop of of Candyman. Yeah, It'd just be Tony mm-hmm. Todd. You know, he's got that coat, but at, there's a certain point where 
if you don't know he's a monster villain and you just saw him walking down the street, you'd be like, that's a cool guy with a cool coat. It wouldn't, it yeah. wouldn't, you would be scared, you know. Elliot, uh, you know, Elliot's reaction is entirely my own. Uh, an eight was what I was going to give it and for the same reasons. So we can shorten this part of the episode and have me shut up. <laughs> I'm also going to give him an eight. I'm also going to point out that Tony Todd has that voice. You know, there's something pretty yeah, amazing yeah. about his his cool deep voice. You know what? That's true. I've been judging a lot of this on look when I should be including voice and other that's things true. like yeah. that. Yeah, very other charismatic. Aspects. Yeah, yeah. In which case, Leatherface still super scary. He just grunts and squeals. Horrifying. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, okay, so that's uh, Candyman. Now let's talk about Lucky Dip. Dan, can you pick me a number between one and seven? Six. Mm, uh-oh. I think I think he lucked out. On a scale of one to ten, how effective would Candyman be at killing a whole school trip of pesky teenagers? <laughs> <laughs> how did that slip in there? <laughs> wow, that seems like a <laughs> that seems like a gimme for most it's of these. The uh, yeah, that's the dip bonus. Yeah. yeah, it's the lucky dip. <laughs> So uh, I think they'd have to say a 10, right? Especially if some yeah, of those kids have, have bee allergies. A 10. Oh, I man. Mean, kids I, these days with their bees and peanut allergies. Yeah. Does he have a, Does he have peanuts? Is he carrying peanuts? He does. He has little <laughs> peanut shells with bees inside of them. He calls them bee nuts. <laughs> and he goes, excuse me, would you like a bee nut? And he hopes people think he said peanut. And they take well, a bite yeah, and a bee goes also, in their mouth. Yeah, especially when he's like, oh, the candy man's here with some bee nuts. Everyone would be like, oh, what are those? That sounds like uh, the great mm, new treat. Yeah. yeah, probably honey-covered peanuts. Sounds <laughs> yeah. delicious. And he also has the advantage that all these kids on the bus are going to be glued to their screens <laughs> instead of paying attention to the murder. Oh, these modern kids. Oh. I want to see an, someone to make an ad for Candyman's Peanuts. <laughs> like <laughs> little packaging, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Friendly little, little yeah, Candyman. So, <laughs> so I think Candyman's going to crush those teens. That's right. I'm giving yeah. him a 10 as well. Yeah, that's 10. Uh, Dan, I think we're just waiting on you. No, I gave him a 10, I think. 10, 10, or, 10. 10's across to. the board. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Even the Russian okay. judge is giving him a 10. Undeniable. Yeah, very tough judge. Okay, we're on to our fourth horror movie villain. We have, we've talked about iconic looks, but this might be the most iconic. That's right, the Xenomorph from the Aliens oh, franchise. Yeah. Oh, is it a penis? Who knows? Mine doesn't look like that, or does it? <laughs> 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 what the, it's like someone hit a bunch of keys on a Stuart soundboard all at once. <laughs> what vamping? Anyway, okay. yeah, good job. Okay, good we're job. talking. We're talking the xenomorph as designed by H.R. Geiger. How mm. you know monsters scary when the guy who designs the monster is scary? Yeah, also. is scary as fuck. <laughs> yeah, famously so. Like, yeah, it's hard to most of these. You know, creatures don't have, like, a name associated with them in the same way, too. Like, the, uh-huh. the alien is so iconic that we have, like, a singular guy that we can be like, yeah. Um, well, it's, it's one of the rare cases where, I mean, it's like Ghostface in a way. as if they It's like Ghostface if they had hired Edvard Munch that, like, the alien was direct, directly came from one of H.R. Giger's paintings. Yeah. Like, they said, it should look like that. And he was like, oh, I'll be happy to do that for you for a little <laughs> bit of a scratch. Yep. That's how he talks, yeah. <laughs> no, I would like to crank one out for you. <laughs> Have you ever seen, I saw this somewhere and I've always wondered if it was real or not, his design for the face hugger, which was like a chicken that would place its beak into people's mouths to put oh, the egg Lord. down. And they were like, uh, we'll handle this. We'll design something <laughs> else for this. <laughs> 
I was wondering <laughs> if that was an April Fool's prank. Oh, that image yeah, we'll that, save but... that for uh, we'll save that for another another creature. Yeah. Uh, maybe in species. Um, yeah, maybe okay. for Which does sound very disquieting to me. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I will never look at chickens the same. Okay, so on scariness factor, where does the old xenomorph go? How scary is that xenomorph? I mean, this is a t- 10 for yeah. me. This if is anything's like, a 10, it's the, it's the xenomorph, yeah. Oh, man. It looks so different than anything I'd ever seen when I first saw it. And uh, just immediately... Like the movie's called Alien, and it's a thing that feels genuinely alien in a way that most creatures don't. There's a book called Shock Value by Jason Zinneman that came out a bunch of years ago where he talks about the monster problem where the monster, when you see it, is never as scary as you imagine it's going to be. That Like it's being hidden all this time, and as soon as you see it by the end of the movie, it's not scary. And that the alien he talks about as the monster that solved that equation, where when you see it, it is as scary as you thought it was going to be, and in some ways scarier. It's so, it's so, un, yeah, it's so unlike any other stuff. The mix of like organic and not organic, the fact that it has weird human teeth, that it's so drippy, that it's got that mm-hmm. second tongue, tooth tongue inside of it. Like it's, it's a, yeah, it's a scary monster. And also, it's got acid blood. It eats people all the time. Its babies shoot out of your chest. Like there's this monster. <laughs> so it's like they use like four different ideas. Where I mean, that idea was taken from an earlier science fiction story, but it's still a really scary idea. So it's uh, there's so many different ideas in this monster, you know. And it's a little bit sexy, I think. Yeah, and it's it very much so. I mean, that's, I think that's one of the scary things about it is it has that, parts of it have that sleekness and that, you know, have and that sexiness, and that's very much H.R. H. Giger's thing. Like, his stuff would not be as scary if it was not also now, supposed to be sexy. Now we gotta add sexy xenomorph to the end of this episode, I think. Oh, yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> I think that's easily done. Um, okay, so we got a 10 from uh, ten from Dan Elliott, where we fall in the scary oh, factor. 10. Hugely 10. I love that monster, love the design, very scary. Even when they made um, toys of it, where they mashed it up with different animals, like a gorilla alien and a bull alien, they still look scary. Yeah, and even I feel like even as uh, even as they introduce more of them, it doesn't make them less scary. Like they're no, still scary in Aliens, and in uh, the in Alien Three and Alien Resurrection, like they're always still scary. They're t- it's, uh, they're, they're scary when there's one of them stalking you through Carter's, and it's scary when there's a hundred of them leaping out at you, yeah. you know, or swarming yeah. over something. Yeah, it's just such okay. a scary thing. I'll know? give it I'll give it a 10. Now I think this is actually before we get into star power, I think this is a perfect time for us to take a break from the sponsors of this episode. Hey, you know what might be fun with some horror movies, some monstrous villains? A little microdosing. Our show today is sponsored by Microdose Gummies. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. And beyond feeling good, uh, I mean, I find that they can be useful with creativity, uh, sort of get you into sort of a focused, relaxed place that um, a lot of more unique ideas have have sprung from me at those times sometimes. And uh, I don't know, I like to draw a lot and... Uh, I think it helps me take away sort of the um, the uh, the inhibitions of my hand when I'm when I'm drawing when I'm uh, Stuart is making a face so, at me. So glad you said drawing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure that they want to be associated with you guys' dirty minds. Microdose is available <laughs> nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code FLOP. 
That's F-L-O-P to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description. But again, that is microdose.com code FLOP. And we're also sponsored this episode by Factor. Factor is a food company that, I'll tell you, I have some very good things to say about. It's a fact that Factor is something that I support. Fuel up fast this fall with Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Look, everyone knows my stance on cooking. I don't like it. I don't like having to do it. It takes time. I'm not good at it. It's like a little bit of failure every time I try. That's why Factor is so great. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. All I have to do is heat it and enjoy it, and then go back to whatever you were doing. Just go back to succeeding in life, free from having to fail at cooking. This autumn, adjust your stride without missing a step. Choose from 35-plus weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never-frozen meals that promote a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences. They have the best of autumn with fall flavors, a limited-time-only, hearty, comforting meal series featuring seasonal veggies like cranberry pecan chicken and apple Dijon pork chops. That's right. There's more than pumpkins in the fall, everybody. There's more to the fall than pumpkins, and Factor has it for you. They'll satisfy your fall cravings during the busy season without the hassle. Now, I'd love to share my personal experience with Factor. There's nothing I'd like to do more than that. Unfortunately, I can't really because I only got to eat one of the Factor meals they sent to us to test out, and then my wife tried one, and she liked it so much it became her go-to bring-to-work lunch choice. So... You'll have to track her down and ask her which dishes she liked because she liked them so much she <laughs> took them all and I didn't get to have any more of them. So that's that's my sales point on that is get them, you'll enjoy them, but but protect them from your spouse's thieving hands because they're a great because they're apparently a great thing to take to work for lunch and leave your husband who works at home with nothing, nothing at all. <laughs> Head to factormeals.com slash flop50 and use code flop50 to get 50% off. That's code flop50 at factormeals.com slash flop50 to get 50% off. And you know what? We also have a Jumbotron today. This is a fun one. Uh, What's better than an hour with your favorite peaches? How about an hour with each peach talking about their favorite Broadway cast album, and or heavy metal concept album. <laughs> Listen to the original cast podcast to do just that. Fans of the Flophouse can go to, uh, I can't read it, bit.ly slash original cast flop and find out Dan's thoughts on a pre-Mrs. Fletcher Angela Lansbury, Stu's musings on heavy metal bands logos, and what Elliot thinks the ethical uses of a resurrection machine would be. Uh, so go to bit.ly slash original cast flop and listen to each of your favorite peaches talk music on the original cast. This is a podcast that we, I think now we've all been guests on. It was a ton mm-hmm. of fun. And Patrick, the host was nice enough to allow me to, uh, flaunt the rules of the show. And instead of talking about an original cast album, talk about King Diamond's Them, a, one of my favorite, uh, heavy metal concept records uh, and a very spooky uh, spooky album to listen to in this spooky time of year. I'm glad that we were able to get through that Jumbotron without associating the product either with masturbation or marital strife as we did in our first two uh, uh, I tried. I couldn't do it. Uh, The Jumbotron was too well written. They told me to speak about my personal experience with Factor and I did. My wife liked it so much that I I didn't get to eat more of it. (laughs) 
say not to judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree. Which is why here on Just the Zoo of Us, we judge them by so much more. We rate animals out of 10 in the categories of effectiveness, ingenuity, and aesthetics, taking into consideration each animal's true strengths, like a pigeon's ability to tell a Monet from a Picasso or a polar bear's ability to play basketball. Guest experts like biologists, ecologists, and more join us to share their unique insight into the animal's world. Listen with friends and family of all ages on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. It's the final week of Co-Optober. I'm Richard Roby, producer, and I'm here with... KT Wigman, operations specialist. To cap off National Co-Op Month, we're sharing how worker-owned co-ops can benefit their communities. Read about it in our newsletter or on social media at MaxFunHQ. We're also trying to do our part. We're volunteering at our local food bank this week, and we encourage you to volunteer in your area, too. On Friday, we're announcing the donation that you helped raise in the Postmax Fund Drive sticker sale, going to five food banks across the U.S. And we want to make sure that you know this is your last chance to get our limited edition launch crew merch. Grab a pin, hat, shirt, or hoodie before they disappear at the end of the month. Details on merch, resources for volunteering, and all things Co-Optober can be found at MaximumFun.org slash Co-Optober. That's C-O-O-P-T-O-B-E-R. Thank you so much for your support and a great Co-Optober. Okay, we also have a couple other things to mention. One is, this is this is Flophouse General Business. You're, I'm sure you've heard a lot of it by now, you know. We have Flop TV, our monthly online screening series. It's a six-month season. Uh, We've had three episodes so far. They were all really fun, and our next episode is coming up soon. It's Saturday, November 4th. We're going to be talking about Over the Top, possibly the greatest sports movie ever made. Yeah, Stuart? Uh, I was going to say, I mean, how many other uh, arm wrestling adventures uh, exist in the movie world? (laughs) Very few. Uh, (laughs) As far as I can think, none. Uh, Well, none that are directly about the world of arm wrestling. There are other movies with arm wrestling in it. But that's November 4th. If you want to watch it, go to theflophouse.simpleticks.com. You can buy tickets for individual episodes, or you can get a season pass that gives you a discount on the six-show bundle and gives you access to these shows after they air. There's the video still up on the website. You can buy, you can watch it whenever you want. Uh, and if you happen to miss the show on November 4th, your ticket or your season pass still gets you access to the recording after the show is over. It's really fun. We've had a lot of fun with these original presentations, original talk, questions from the audience. Uh, we, were, we, we, we were all in town uh, in LA this past week before we recorded this, and uh, we recorded some more intro videos that uh, have all of us in the same room together. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert. So that'll be fun. So that's over the top, the next episode of Flop TV, the television version of the Flophouse, November 4th. Go to theflophouse.simpletix.com. And then, guys, I have a personal thing that I want to promote, if that's okay. Sure. Uh, okay. How, how, how personal? Okay, anyone relates yeah, to that marital out. strife we were talking about earlier? No, <laughs> okay, just kidding. cool. Uh, there's a Elliot's comic series. single and ready to mingle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm neither single and have no interest to mingle. Yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, I don't want to hang up a again. shingle <laughs> and I don't want to have a Pringle because once you stop, once you, stop, once you pop, you can't stop. Anyway, uh, I have a comic series that is coming out right now. It's from Dynamite Comics and it's called Hades, starring the villain of the Disney Hercules movie. Issue number three came out on October 25th one day after we recorded this, but a couple days 
before you hear it. So go to your local comic book store and pick up Hades number three. It's a five-issue series. Issues one and two are out. Issue three comes out this week. And it's a super fun, funny, kind of like ancient Greek myth heist mashup uh, with lots of fun characters and silly jokes and exciting action. Fans of the original Disney Hercules will like it, and people who didn't like the original Disney Hercules, I think, will also like it. I think it's a fun way to enjoy the character without uh, being associated with James Woods. Exactly. You can imagine any voice you want in there. It doesn't have to be him. <laughs> Elliot's voice. <laughs> sure, I guess so. Oh, uh, you should release an audiobook version of your comic book where you do the voice for everybody. Um, okay, so are you guys yeah, ready? Yeah, I do that. It's called reading to my children every day. When I, I'm reading to them and they go, uh, voices? And I'm like, oh, okay, well, every character has to have don't a voice now, I guess. Don't you don't like doing voices. I like doing the voices. <laughs> do you do accents, a, too? Yes, when it's called for. At the, except there's one character in the Dogman <laughs> books who is an Australian character, but other than her, occasionally her saying, I'm Australian, it never comes up, and I forget to give her an Australian accent during her scenes. Okay, well, that's a snapshot. You, of you asked, and I life. told. If you didn't yeah. want to know, shouldn't have asked. Let's <laughs> get back asked, to. I guess. Let's go back to More the horror. Me. Okay. Oh, that's not on my face. It sounds like the Horror Express is about to leave Scary Station. Let's hop back aboard. <laughs> okay, <Wow>. choo choo. <laughs> A uh, real shift took place there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're back in the game. And, you know, we just talked about scariness of the old xenomorph. So let's talk about star power. What do you uh, think? Again, I got to give this a 10. It is one of the ten most out of iconic things ever. Not even in movies, I think, just like I, in general. Here's a show of how, how iconic and how star power it is. Alien is a word, a pre-existing word that it now owns. We thought it was a big deal that they took one of Edvard Munch's paintings. Everyone can take away a Norwegian painter's painting. You know, if he's not looking, just grab it when he's not there. Yeah, but just grab the it. Word, the word alien <laughs> and then the word aliens, it owns those words now. You can put out a, and you can put out a, a movie called Alien versus Predator and people are like, what's a predator? But they know what an alien is. Yeah, you guys are right. I mean, I was about to knock some points off because it doesn't talk, doesn't have any cool catchphrases. Doesn't do any bits, unless it's Spaceballs in which he does bits. Yeah. And he sings a song, yeah. But well, that's also, the show that he's got that's range. That's the show, he yeah. He yeah. didn't get cast in anything else off of that, but, you know, the critics <laughs> loved it. I mean, he does yeah. have, have, have catchphrases like, Uh-huh. uh-huh. That's why. And he's like, somebody stop me. Smoking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, smoking. Yeah, that's, that's the alien, all right. Yep. Oh, classic. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I'm, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ding him a point. I'm gonna <laughs> when, the alien goes, when the alien goes, really? Like that kind of stuff, yeah. Yeah. How wooed. Uh, <laughs> and you're like, you didn't even pronounce the R right. It's yeah, oh, adorable. I'm getting warmed up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's got a great ass. <laughs> <laughs> that, that movie makes a lot more sense when you realize that Al Pacino assumed the character was high on coke the entire film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so I think it's time for a lucky dip. This could <laughs> make or break. the alien's last catchphrase, Hinka Tinka too. <laughs> yep. Also be alien catchphrase. Mrs. Calabash, wherever you are. Wherever in the universe you are. Okay, uh, What's what was the final, what's the lucky dip? We're doing Lucky Dip, and I think, it, is it Elliot's time to choose? I think it's Elliot's time to choose. Why sure, don't you pick? This could make or break the game for the old Xenomorph. Wow. At the risk, I'm going to say number one. I think he's the number one horror monster. Let's say number one. Let's see. Interesting. Okay. On a scale of one to ten, how likely are you to ask the Xenomorph to help you move? 
Oh, man, this is where the score tanks. <laughs> I don't know. Well, hear me out. There's a lot of them. That's okay. a lot of helping hands. That's true. And they seem to be pretty strong. Yeah. They However, get into tight spaces. I do think tight that spaces, they're yep. either going to, you know, shoot their little, their little inner mouths out and kill you or have one of their friends lay eggs in you. So. Uh, I mean, at the very least, they're going to lay eggs and all your stuff, and suddenly your couch is going to be full of chest bursters. The, you highest, yeah. I, the highest I can go for this is a two, and that's mostly just because I want to give uh, my, one of my favorite monsters a fighting you know, chance. Okay. Fight I'm going to go as high as a four. I'm going to say a four, although I I do regret it. I wish that the, the Xenomorph could have walked away with a perfect score on this one. Uh, this is going to be hard. It was. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, this this category is always going to be uh, the Xenomorph. I, I really wish I, I really wish that Xenomorph could have gotten the killing a bus full of teens. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, would have crushed it. They're very good uh, at I'm killing gonna, people I'm going to give the vehicles. Xenomorph a three because the Xenomorph is, the, you know, they, they they pick up kids and move stuff around like you know they're <laughs> yeah. industrious. That's they true. Move yeah, stuff. <laughs> yeah, they okay. move stuff. Yeah. Too bad, Xenomorph. That was a tough <laughs> round for you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> We're about to talk about one of my favorite horror villains. Uh, I think it's also one of you guys. We're talking about the Tall Man from the Phantasm franchise, sure. as yeah. as, uh, as, uh, as portrayed by Angus Scrim. R.I.P. to a real one. The best, best to ever do it. Angus like Scrim. I said about Geiger, when the character, when the actor who plays the character has a scary name, that's yeah. already a, that's a good sign. You okay, could have told so, me that the, if in the movies they revealed the tall man's real name was Angus Scrim, you'd be like, yeah, definitely. Makes sense. He looks makes like sense. one. Works, yeah. Uh, have you guys seen – I actually still have not seen Phantasm Ravager. That's like my big That's the new shame. one, right? That's the it's, most recent one. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen it. It's I can't fine bring myself to do it. In that I'm glad that they got some sort of chance to close the series off because it is such a – wild series of mm-hmm. continued continuity, even though nothing that happens really makes any sense. No. Um, so I liked it on that level. It does feel like kind of what it is, whereas like Don Coscarelli handed this off to, you know, some kids to make like <laughs> their fan film of the Phantasm. Yeah, you know, that's kind of what I was worried about. But I, I liked seeing some sort of end to the story. Yeah, uh, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, but up to that point, the first four, I love them. They're so weird. Uh, they don't make a lot of sense, but that's exactly what I like about them. And the it's fact that they have this how, like... Also, the, 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 the ambition of the movies gets bigger and bigger, even as the budgets are shrinking dramatically <laughs> yeah. after number yeah. two. Uh, and I mean, the quad shotgun is forever going to live in my brain. A shotgun with four barrels. It's amazing. <laughs> Um, okay, so but we're not talking about Phantasm as a series. We're talking about the the main villain, the tall man, played by Angus Grimm. So where does he fit on scariness for you guys? Now, I have a question before we do that. Are we factoring in the globes or not? Yes, that is okay. part of his that's part of his fucking thing. If you buy an action figure, you get a fucking sphere. Okay. Uh, so as for if you're unfamiliar with Phantasm, the tall man uh, has a bunch of these weird spheres that float around him like silver and gold, and they all have different powers and crap. Some of them shoot lasers. Most of them just stick in your forehead and then drill into your head and shoot blood all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, a real, I, it's a real solution in search of a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, well, they're so much lighter to transport once you take all that blood out of them. Yeah, <laughs> Is yeah. that what people's heads you mean? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, I this is a weird one because like all the critiques of the tall man are also what makes him scary. Like he doesn't really make any sense what he wants or what <laughs> his powers are or any of that. Like it's always unclear uh, to some degree. And you could argue that's a failing or you could argue that that's a strength uh, in terms of like whether it scares so, you. So I would I would call that – I'm going to give him an eight because I would – for that reason, Dan, I would call that a strength that Phantasm at its best works on a sort of dream logic. And the tall man to me is a – he feels like a bad guy in a dream. Like it feels like that he's he's operating by not the rules of any established reality but by the rules of what a character in a nightmare would be like. And he looks scary without looking like a – he looks scary because he looks like a scary old man. You know, he doesn't yeah. he doesn't look like a monster necessarily. And he's got those those spheres flying around, and there's something about him that is impenetrable to me in the way that a dream is. So that works for me in this case. So I'm gonna give him an eight. Yeah. Uh I can't go that high. I see what you're saying. I'm actually gonna give him a six because he just seems like a guy. He seems mostly just like a guy. And I guess if, you know a lot of guys with spears <laughs> with drills in them that well, but that's shoot the blood drill, out. They're the, the, shockingly strong despite their th slim frame. The, <laughs> the the drill spheres, like, here's the thing about the tall man. It seems like if you don't go, like, prowling around the mortuary at night, if you don't poke the bear, he'll pr pretty much leave you that's alone. That's true. That's true. I mean, he does eventually go out and start taking over vast swathes of the United States of America. Yeah, wiping them out, true. turning everybody into dwarves. Yeah, yeah. But um, to be fair, in the first movie, it is kind of more of a if if you don't if you don't mess with his business, then you can just go about your life and it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna give him a seven. As far as scariness, I think he's scary, but is he a top tier scary? Not really. Um, let's I'll give move you that. I'll give you that. He's a second tier scary. I'll give you yeah, that. Yeah. So let's talk about star power. Where does he Where does the tall man reside in star power? Here, he's got a great voice. He has a couple of memorable lines, mm -hmm. um, and uh, he has you know he's he's got a pretty good look. He's got some cool toys, uh, but. I don't think he's really moved outside of the franchise. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think that he's not a breakout other than among horror nerds. Uh, uh -huh. So that that takes him down a little bit. But I think that Angus Scrim is so uh, charismatic in the role that I'm still going to give him like a seven. Yeah. Uh, see, I'm gonna I'm gonna be much lower than that. I'm gonna give him a five for this. I think he works so well in those movies. I like Angus Grimm's performance so much, but I do think there's something, there's some it factor that's missing from making him, like you said, more than just the franchise. He works so well in the movies, but outside the movies, I don't think of him as a character that like does other stuff. Whereas the alien or Jason, it's hard for me not to imagine mm -hmm. them in other scenarios, what's going to happen. You know, Angus Grimm, he just feels like a part of that phantasm story, you know, yep. to me. Yeah, uh, I'm or the tall man, I'm I should say. Angus Grimm, I'm sure, had a life outside the Phantasm movies. He was a human being. I'm who, assuming he was had in a, a family probably. Movie. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, he just went into standby mode in between, and they would boot him up. <laughs> well, the funny yeah. thing about him is that I think in the first one he's playing older than he actually is. So yeah. over the he ages quite a bit over the course of the movies in yes. real life, but they just always make him look like the same old man, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm giving him a six for this. So let's uh, let's get into lucky dip territory. Dan, give me a guess. Uh, number between one and seven. Now I have no way of knowing which ones we've already okay. picked at this well, point. Well, let me give you let, let me give you a choice here. We got two, three, 
five. Two, okay. three, or five. Uh, I'm going to go with five, so it's easy to remember what's remaining. Hmm, interesting. Okay. On a scale of one to ten, how good would the tall man be at being a gym teacher? A high school gym teacher. Oh, man. Oof, slam I feel dunk. like he would kill this one. <laughs> he would fucking crush it. I mean, right? he already is like, just like, boy. Like, he always talks like, about playing games with boys and he's mean <laughs> to kids. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, that's like just like half a step away from, you know, ki- you know, yelling a kid's last name, you know, like McCoy, yeah. hustle mm-hmm. up, you know. Um, yeah, he's, yeah. He's in many ways like one step removed from like a nightmare scenario gym teacher that you, uh, that you're already like already lives in your head. Yeah. 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 I, I, I mean, you know, there are like just reasons of like, I think he would have a, a tough time in that atmosphere that I'm not going to give him the full 10. Like, I think that, you know, <laughs> interesting. His, his disposition re like, you know, killing people or turning them into, Dwarves or whatever. <laughs> Dan, know, if you think real gym teachers don't kill people or turn them into dwarves, you're being naive. <laughs> yeah. Maybe so. Maybe Wake so. Wake up, but I'm, dude. I'm just gonna. I'm saying an eight. It's you know, it's high, but not the highest. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm gonna give him an eight as well. I think he would be very good at this, and uh, uh, despite you know, in some ways, he would make a better science teacher. But uh, <laughs> I think uh, the. You know, he's strong. He's physically fit despite his years, you know. Yeah. I'm going to give him a nine just because. He would be a good motivator. Yeah. I'm going to give him a nine just because around the time of year when the presidential physical fitness test comes around, I find it hard to believe he would stick to that curriculum. (laughs) But but otherwise, otherwise, that's a solid nine. Yeah. Okay. Not bad. Okay. Uh, so for our next horror villain, we are, we're talking about a classic here. Well, kind of a classic. Uh, argued one of the scariest the movies from Killer Clowns from Outer Space. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are talking about Jack Torrance from The Shining movie. Uh, Interesting. Jack Interesting. Torrance from yeah. The Shining movie. Considered by many to be the scariest movie of all time. To me, it's the Zabruder film, but that's just me. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, it is the only movie that I thought I might have had a heart attack during. But I don't think that that's the movie's fault and more just something that happened in my body. I mean, you certainly contributed to that. Your lifestyle has contributed to that to that event, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, my heart is fine. Uh, sorry to spring this on the Flophouse listening audience. My heart is fine, everyone. Yay. Thank you for yeah, your Dan thoughts Dan had it prayers. checked out. His heart um, is fine. But, uh, but yeah, uh, part of me was like, was that part of that tension from The Shining? Who knows? Who knows? Could be. Could be. Could be. Um, okay, so Jack Torrance, uh, we've all we've all seen The Shining, right? Sure. Played by Jack Nicholson. Maybe you've heard of him. He was also a Joker. <laughs> no, who is yeah, he? Yeah, he, he was a wolf <laughs> once. He was a oh, wolf yeah, yeah, once. that guy. Yeah. He flew over a cuckoo's nest. <laughs> yeah, Dan, you he probably w- remember him best, as most people do, from uh, the film The Passenger, Antonioni's mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he was, he yeah. was an easy rider. Uh-huh. But he wasn't a raging bull. That was uh, no. He was not a raging bull. No, but he was a departed. Yeah, he was. He was, he was a, a departed. departed. Yeah, <laughs> he was <Okay>. a departed. <laughs> so, Jack Dan, Torrance. You may, you, Dan, you may know him best from watching from you having seen the Witches of Brestwick, and then being like, "Is this a parody of anything?" Oh, the Witches of Eastwick. That's what it's a parody mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, I, but then not watching the Witches <laughs> of Eastwick. <laughs> yeah. Which is which of those movies is better? 
I, I, well, I, one's directed by George Miller, and the and the uh-huh. and the other's directed by uh, Jim Winarski from Chopping Mall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it depends on what you want okay. out of a movie, I guess. Because <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll that's be true. honest. Like, Witches of Eastwick, <laughs> it has a lot of stuff I like in it, but it is not one of my favorite George Miller movies. Despite like all of the amazing star power and the great like George Miller camera work, there's a little something missing there for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would. I would quality-wise put it above Witches of Breastwick unless the quality you want is boobs. And then the latter film takes the crown, I yeah, guess, in yeah. that scenario. Yeah, yeah, it's a crown. Okay, so Jack Torrance, we're talking about potential father of the year candidate, Jack Torrance, uh, yeah. failed failed novelist uh, and arguably failed uh, I mean, groundskeeper. All work and no play make Jack a dull boy could have been a bestseller. Yeah, it could have been a you never know. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, honest, me- it's auto fiction. It's auto fiction. Yeah. It's a new experiment. Yeah. So on scariness, where does old Jack fit in? Uh, I would say that personally scary to me was watching the movie and seeing Jack yell at his wife for interrupting him while he was writing. And let me be clear. I do not, I'm not abusive towards Audrey in any way, but I do get irritable sometimes. I wasn't even considering that, Dan. <laughs> no, no, I'm no, just like, I was fact- Dan, how often do you brandish an oh, axe God. at her when you're trying no, to No, I work? don't. I mean, the, the fact, the point is, like, I know it's ridiculous to compare myself because it is, like, uh, uh, like so far to the, like, end of the spectrum, but, like, And I also, see- you don't have a child which puts so much stress on a marriage. Does it? I see the irritability. Let I me thought make they can't take point. care of themselves. <laughs> nope. <laughs> That's the, the Shining tells you that a kid can just ride a big wheel around the empty halls of a haunted hotel all day. But in real life, they'd be like, daddy, 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 play with me, daddy, daddy, daddy. And you're like, it's just play with you. the fucking ghosts. There's ghost kids right here. Play with the ghost kids your own age. I'm busy. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I was starting to make a point. Yeah. And it was interrupted in such a way as to make it sound the worst. And I call that the Flophouse podcast. Interrupting. Just let me say the full idea. Okay, you got I, it. It is so ridiculously out of bounds in the movie. It's like this like horrifying. Uh, but the fact that I get irritable with Audrey when she's like, hey, you know, I need this or that thing when I'm writing. Like, there was, like, this small part of me is like, is this how I come across? Like, whether or not it's, like, ah. it's, like, real in the, in the sense of, like, I'm like, oh, I don't want to seem like I'm, like, turning on someone just because at that moment I'm, like, trying to, like, you know, like, I, and I know I have that irritability within me, you know? So I was, like, I think that it was personally scary to me because I was, like, this is the worst case scenario of, like, the kind of, like, like anger that lies within people, you know? Okay. So I could see, so the, what's scary about him is in a way you see yourself reflected. Well, again, I want to make it clear. I don't actually, but in that, that moment, fear, I'm like. You, you see, you fear, you see the, the, the fears that you have. Refl- yeah, the, fear the fears of yourself. that I have about like, yeah. I think that part of the thing that is scary about The Shining is it is a movie about hurting people who care about you. Yeah, so I guess in our version of The Shining, Dan is Jack Torrance. I'm going to be the cool bartender that's a ghost, and Elliot will be, I don't know, Shelley Duvall? Or the kid. Yeah. Or both, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give him, I'm not going to, I don't find him that him that scary in it. I find the movie scary, but I don't find him that yeah. scary. So I'm going to give him like a six, I think. Okay, six. Dan? 
what? Um, what? What's the rating? Because we've been rating everybody on a scale of one to no, ten. I, I know. I. <laughs> I'm trying confused. to unleash the inner Jack Torrance. Huh? I get confused because yeah, I think yeah. every time I have said the number, <laughs> and then you don't write it down, and you ask me at the end. And yep. So I, it's seven, 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 seven. Okay. I'm. Uh, oh, I'm going to go car six. Yeah, I'm going to go six as well. Okay. So uh, let's talk about star power. Jack. Uh, Jack Nicholson. He's. Uh, He's yeah, courtside every Lakers game. You know what? Yeah, Lakers game. And he was able to steal someone else's catchphrase and make it his own catchphrase. Here's oh, Johnny. I was gonna say, I was gonna use that exact thing for the opposite. Like the most really? iconic thing about him is someone else's catchphrase. Oh, but I think if you can take someone else's catchphrase and make it your own, then mm. that you have defeated them star wise. Um, but that's just me. I could be wrong. Yeah. No, I think I mean I think his uh his performance really maybe it might not necessarily make it scarier but it definitely is is very iconic and memorable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll give him a high I'm going to give him an 8 star power. Okay. It's not the character, it's it's Jack, but that's, you know, so I'm, that's yeah. why I take it off a little bit cuz he is one of the most charismatic stars of the yeah that, that generation. Mm -hmm. But I, and by all accounts, a bad person. But we're talking we're about not, his performance. By here. all accounts, a difficult person, not good to people. Uh, who knows what he's involved with? Abusive. I don't know. I don't know for sure. I don't want to open us up to anything. Uh, if I did, yeah, I would yeah, talk yeah. about that scream thing. But uh, the, but you, but it's not a person I would want to spend time around. I'm going to like. We're not talking about Jack Nicholson though. We're talking about the character of Jack Torrance, and I get, I'm going yep. to say that like. When you think of The Shining, like, even though he's obviously got problems from the very beginning of that movie, like, you, he's not necessarily, you don't think of him necessarily as the overall villain of the picture. You think of the hotel and its malign influence, I think, as the overall villain, and he's a weak man that it's channeled through. At least that's mm. the way I think yeah. of it. Mm. And, uh... So otherwise, it's just like here's here's Jack Nicholson in a sweater, and does that permeate as like a horror movie villain? Like I don't know. I say I'm gonna give him a six. A six. I think I'll split the difference here and give him a seven on star power. So now we are on Lucky Dip. Elliot, why don't you give me either a two or a three? I'll say a three. Okay. On a scale of one to ten. How likely are you to trust Jack Torrance to do your grocery shopping for you? <laughs> well, he he's uh, he's already that's kind of the job he's doing in some ways is that kind of caretaking, yeah. and he's not doing it well. He's not doing a great job. No. Uh, so yeah, I think at, he's going to go to the grocery store. He's a ghost. There is going to offer him a drink. There's going to be a ghost yeah. in the beer aisle. Offers him a yes. drink. Next thing you know, he's throwing cans at people's heads, you know. Yeah, I'll be, uh, yeah, I'll be the ghost bartender in the beer aisle. I'll be like, yeah, they don't, for some reason, they say you can't give free samples of beer anymore. What's wrong with people these days? Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to give him a, on the other hand, should I, I'm, try, I'm having trouble not comparing him to the other monsters who I would also not really trust to do this job for me. Mm -hmm. uh, this is at least something that I believe Jack Torrance has done at some point in his life. <laughs> so I'm going to give him a five. Okay, you're giving him yeah. a five on this. Oh, uh, I'm going to go way higher. Uh, I'm going to go with an eight, and I say that 
I mean, he is he is basically a human man. Who <laughs> Not can just do basically. A, it is. He, he can is do that. errands, you know. <laughs> and I think that, like, away from the hotel, especially, you know, if you can send him out, not in this, you know, cooped up in a snowstorm, maybe that'd be good for his head. <laughs> uh, so, I, yeah, I think he could probably do it if you wanted him to. You make a good point that he is a person as opposed yeah. to like, <laughs> I can't, I'm not going to send the predator to go get my yeah. groceries. <laughs> oh, you would no. be a fool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, he'll just bring back a bunch of skulls all polished up. Uh, <laughs> not what I wanted. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like deep down, Jack Torrance would be wanting to do a good job. Um, and I think, I think he would do okay at following instructions. He would still mess up a little bit. Um, Probably, again, because he was drinking ghost beer. What? Go on. I feel like anytime you use Instacart, you're dealing with Jack Torrance. He's going to try yeah. his best, like you're saying. He's going to pick the wrong item for a couple things. You're going to be like, well, when I asked for potatoes, I didn't want potato chips. Like, yeah. this, like oh, they were out of potatoes. There's no way they were out of potatoes, Jack. Like, but, okay, <laughs> but you try, you did your best. I understand, you know. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> got, instead, he just got me two bags. I asked for two potatoes and he gave me two bags of tato skins. <laughs> a chip they don't even make anymore. Oh, no. how'd he got? Yeah, I got it from a ghost from the 20s. <laughs> yeah. Wait, they, they had tato skins back in the 20s? <laughs> Probably. Okay. So, Jack Torrance, not, not too bad on that last bit. So, we, uh, we're going to wrap this whole game up with. I mean, he's been in the background this whole time, lurking, slowly pursuing us, occasionally teleporting. That's right. The terror of Crystal Lake himself, Jason mm. Voorhees. You knew he was coming. He couldn't, he couldn't hide. We couldn't hide from him forever. Jason now, even Voorhees, when we thought he was dead at the bottom of a lake, some multiple idiot times electrocuted <laughs> him or, or stabbed him in his grave and he came back. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So Jason Voorhees, on a scary factor, where does old Jason uh where does old Jason sit? Now, here's is that, the thing. Is that a lot of incarnations? If we were, you know, if we were doing goosebumps rules as we've talked about before, mm -hmm. like that situation, unstoppable, seemingly teleporting killer, uh, you know determined. Ten out of ten, obviously. But I have to look at it from a, a bit of a distance, and I think I'm going to, like, take in the general vibe of the movies, which I find almost cozily enjoyable more than I do, <laughs> like, scary due to, like, I don't think that there's particularly accomplished suspense filmmaking in the Friday <laughs> yeah. the 13th pictures. Mm -hmm. So his whole vibe is scariness is lessened for me because of that, and also because... Unless he's like carted away on a cruise ship, he mostly just hangs around that one lake. So I'm yeah, gonna give him true. a five. Okay, a five. Wow, Death yeah. Elemental Jason only gets a five. Elliot, what do you think on scariness? I have similar thoughts to Dan, but I'm not. It's not gonna. The number won't be the same. The idea of him is so frightening to me. But I agree that in the actual movies, it's not that. It's never that scary when you see him in action. But the idea of him is so scary. So actually, I'm gonna give him a seven. Because if it was just the concept of Jason, that's a 10. But in a lot of the movies, yeah, it's kind of like, yeah. he's, he wouldn't be that hard to get away from, even with teleporting. He's kind of gets distracted easily by, by stuff. Like, he, he persists all the time. But mm -hmm. he's, there's something kind of in action, there's something kind of doofy about him. 
compared to the the yeah. idea of him. You know, he's a star in need of a vehicle. Um, I'm gonna give him a little bit higher because uh, I got you know he, he's you the Jason. I gotta love him, mm-hmm. so I'm giving him an eight. So let's talk about star power for the old old Jason here. What do we think? Where does he sit in the star power? Now he doesn't talk. Um, he, well, he has a cool outfit. That's the thing. I'm gonna. I, it, what's amazing is he doesn't talk. He has little discernible personality. There's a little bit, but not that much there. His clothes are ripped and gross, and they're not cool clothes. But I got to give him a ten because the audience is the audience can't be wrong about everything. He is one of the most iconic characters in horror, even with those deficits. This is a character who yeah. doesn't even get the most famous thing about him until into the third movie in, in the yep. series. Yeah, he took over a franchise he didn't start as the killer of. Like, yeah. 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 Um, he, yeah. It's, it's, like, it's when the, it's the, the, he's the original, he's the original uh, chorus girl who comes back a star, uh, <laughs> you know, taking over the show. I'm going to have to give it 10. I mean, there's, when you ask, when you talk to a regular person on the street and you say, name a horror movie monster, it's very likely Jason will be the first or second person that they name. Yeah. If they, and probably Freddy is the other one, you know, at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah, I agree totally. Like I not my franchise in general, even though I like it, but he's got to get a ten for this. If if anything, if anything, he's the iconic slasher. The fact that now hockey masks are inherently scary when they weren't before. They were just a thing that that people who the old time NHL guys considered too chicken for not letting pucks hit them in the teeth and knock their teeth mm-hmm. out of their mouth. Uh, they used to just be a face guard, but he made them so instantly a scary thing. You called it a hockey mask. I think most people just called it a Jason mask. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, exactly. But now they say to goalies at hockey games, so where's your Jason mask? They don't mm-hmm. even say hockey mask anymore, yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, he managed to get the puck past the Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, hits him right there. Good thing he was wearing a Jason. <laughs> so um, you're saying the goalies are just called Jasons now. And it I'm even got to the point a, that David Hockney, the English painter, is now called David Jason. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep, that, that's that happened. Yeah. Uh, the, now I really want to see a David Hockney of a of a nude man jumping into a swimming pool in California, but he's wearing, but it's Jason and he's wearing his mask. Yeah, I mean it's like, um, yeah. The uh, so and also I want to point out that in like in Freddy versus Jason, Jason kind of de facto becomes the hero of the movie. Yeah. Like he kills people, but by the end you're like, Jason, kill Freddy, please. (laughs) (laughs) There's something about him. That's the moment where he crosses over the same way that like Godzilla crossed over, where Godzilla went from the scary part to the hero. And I think the fact that Jason is a kid inside, you know, inside there's the the mind of a child. (laughs) That Freddy is. Yeah, but he's drinking milk. He loves the simple pleasures like (laughs) murdering. Yeah. Yeah. And that Freddy is so much a. A malicious grown-up, whereas Jason, similar to Leatherface, is kind of like still he's he's a murderer, but there's still kind of something innocent about him. You know, he can project more more uh, positive feelings onto him. Whereas Freddy's yeah. just a he's an asshole. Like he's an I'll asshole. just say it, Freddy Krueger's an asshole. Like he's a dick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, there's a a, a charm, a certain charm to bad boys, but you don't necessarily <laughs> want to be around them all the time. Uh, no, not at all. Okay, so yeah, that's uh, that's a ten for me on Star Power. Now on our final lucky dip of the night. There's no more options. Our last option is Jason Voorhees. On a scale of 1 to 10, how likely are you to ask him for voting advice? (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, this is going to hurt for Jason. Yeah, this is too bad. I mean, I I feel like Jack Torrance is going to be bad, too. (laughs) (laughs) 
Here's the thing. I I'm more likely to ask Jason for voting advice than say if it was uh the alien or even, mm-hmm. you know, because like I'm like, that's clearly a monster. Or the predator, <laughs> even who looks a little bit more like a man, but I'm like, oh, that's an alien and, can't and neither vote. of them are citizens. They yeah, don't they, have a, they don't have any skin in the game, thing. you know. Exactly. Uh whereas Jason, there's like a slim chance I would see him mistake him for just like a regular guy. Is that true, Dan? Would you you mistake a man wandering around in a hockey mask in like a torn up postal uniform or whatever it is that he wears? I'm just saying like- Wet from whatever lake he just crawled out of? I'm just putting it on the spectrum of like horror villains. Okay. Uh You know, like like he he looks person-like, you know? Yeah, okay. Especially from a distance, (laughs) you know? He might just be a very that, pale man if you just see him from a distance. You don't know it's a mask. Yeah. I will also say that I feel like Jason has a tendency to go after and target the, like, assholes first, uh-huh. uh, which is which is good. I like his anti-asshole stance. And he also, does save the innocent ladies for last. That He's a yes. real final girl follower. Yeah. And also, I feel like he would endorse a candidate that has an environmentalist message. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, here's my issue with Jason is I feel like he's young at heart. He's very straightforward with his morality. I think he's going to look at things with a little bit too much of a like simplistic view. He's going to yeah. be into easy solutions. Well, why don't we just stab everybody in the face? We can't yeah, do that, Jason. Yeah, if only we could we could handle things that way. Well, uh, whereas whereas I think Jack Torrance on getting huge Trump <laughs> voter vibes. I do not want that. Oh, Jack yeah. Torrance is a hundred thousand percent a white man who feels left behind and is mad about it. Jason, I feel like is going to be. It's the the there are aspects of um, I think he's going to glom on to kind of like the worst aspects of the Bernie movement, which is the simplicity of it yeah. and the the lack of nuance. I know? mean, mm-hmm. we're ignoring the key issue, which is uh, I, I am unlikely to ask advice of someone who cannot talk and, to my <laughs> knowledge, also cannot write to communicate. So that's the thing. If he could um, write or sign, be also it's someone who is who is very much a a dead child inside of a inside of a grown zombie's body, which means yeah. he's not eligible to vote. I don't think. Yeah. So I mean, I, I I'm still <laughs> if I know nothing of Jason, you know, and I mistake him for a man, I I'm I maybe it, I'll give him a two is what I'm saying. But you're not going to call okay. him up. Yeah, I'm going to call him call up and up say, Jason. say, Jason, I'm having trouble. Who, who do I vote for for a county supervisor? And just hear on the phone, Jason. Kill, 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 kill. What are you like, saying, well, Jason? I can't, it's so hard to hear you. What? <laughs> uh, has anyone ever made the joke about that that's what Jason's saying as he walks around all the time? He's just going, like that? He's not supposed to be him, I believe that the actual thing is that it's actually, even though it sounds like, it's actually a, Oh, because when I watched— it's supposed to sound like mom, and it's like some sort of— When I watched it recently uh, on—for when we did Jason Takes Manhattan, I had the captions on. And it said—the captions say it's saying, J, 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 Sisson, Sisson, and then kill, 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 kill. And it's very funny Uh, to me, the idea that, like a little—like a baby, the way that my older son, when he was little and learning to talk, would crawl around going, da, 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 da. Like he's just trying out words. I like the idea that Jason is kind of like— you know, he's a cute little baby who kills people. So he is you know a what? cute little baby who kills people. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but yeah, he's not going to be able to tell you any advice. So I'm going to give him, I think, probably a, a one on this one. What do you say? A one. You know, as I said for my previous statements, I'm going to give him a four. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt on this okay. one. Okay. 
Okay. So let me do one final tally here to tally up our numbers. Sure. Should we Alex, like... why don't you throw in a counting sound? Yeah. Okay. So it looks like uh we will give the uh we'll give a full ranking uh probably on what? Instagram, Twitter, maybe on our show notes. Uh, but it looks like uh, with a uh, a whopping uh, what number? Let's start with number three. Our third highest, kind of a surprise, is Candyman. I think the Lucky mm. Dip really helped mm. him on that, it killing did. all those teens. He that was with, a real lucky break for him. That was in some ways an unfair pull for Candyman. With uh, yeah, with seventy two for Candyman. Uh, number two. Pinhead, iconic villain. Yeah, that's huh. uh, that's a good one for old Pinhead right Not there. Not surprising. Not surprising. Class and act, that, everything and about him. And that's 76, and then just beating him out with 79. That's the Babadook. I think that says a lot. It's a well-made movie. It uh, did not have any sequels to kind of water down the message. Uh, yeah, that's uh, looks like Babadook takes it for the power rankings on horror movie villains. This is this is one of the times when I find that uh, I find that rank the rank the numbers don't tell my heart truth, which is that the xenomorph should at the very least be in the top two. But maybe next do, time, maybe, maybe next time. What did we, what, yeah, we, what, are, what did we ask him to do? Help us move, not not playing to his strengths. <laughs> as, mm -hmm. as Stuart introduced it originally, these were the 2023 rankings, suggesting <laughs> to me at first that this was uh, that these were going to be rankings of 2023 movies. But no, these are apparently <laughs> only this year's rankings, Elliot. So you can take that's heart true. that next year, you know, I'll have next year, the Xenomorph can take it all the way. I think way. that's going to be Xenomorph's year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Twenty twenty four. It might be the year of the morph. Uh, <laughs> speaking of morphing, uh, thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. This was a lot of fun. I'm glad we got through this. Um, this has uh, been Together. the Flophouse Podcast. We are part of the Max Fun uh, Podcast Network. Check out all the cool shows that are on there. This show has been lovingly edited and curated by Mr. Alexander Smith. Goes by Lydia Burrell on various social media platforms. Thank you, Alex. Uh, so for the Flophouse, I've been Stuart Wellington. I've been Dan McCoy. I'm Elliot Kalen. Bye. It was a crisp autumn night, and I'm walking down the street looking for a special life form that I'd like to meet. Rising up in front of me, I beheld an eerie glow. But it was just the neon sign above the bar where I like to go. Stuart doesn't know what he's about to find. A slimy beast with a dirty mind. A body with a body from beyond the stars. From a distant planet called Super Mars. Super sexy, super sexy Mars. Super, super sexy, super sexy Mars. I stroll in the door with my collar popped. Order up a drink and some liver shot. Out the corner of my eye, something glistened and gleamed. It was the techno-organic creature of my dreams. An instant spark from across the place when he saw that little face inside the bigger face. She had a drip he had to taste. Could she have a third face inside the little face? Xenomorph, Xenomorph, Super Sexy Xenomorph, Sexy Xenomorph, Sexy Xenomorph.
It was worth it. Maximum Fun. A worker-owned network. Of artist-owned shows. Supported directly by you.